St. Patrick, Raising Souls Up for Christ In this March episode of the Monthly Devotions of Holy Mother Church, Father Shannon Collins focuses on the most popular Irish saint. Are you familiar with the wondrous works of St. Patrick? What does he teach us about the basics of the spiritual life and about our proper Lenten disciplines? As we go through this month of March, we are preparing ourselves in this Lenten season for the mysteries of Christ's passion, death, burial, his physical resurrection from the dead, and yes, even his glorious ascension. But also in this month of March, there are some wonderful saints, including St. Patrick, the Apostle of Ireland. And so that will be the topic of my talk today. St. Patrick. St. Patrick, the Apostle of Ireland, was a great missionary bishop who converted the entire Emerald Isle away from paganism by defeating the horrible religion of the Druids. St. Patrick, it is said, and this is extraordinary, it is said he consecrated 350 bishops, erected 700 churches, and ordained 5,000 priests. St. Patrick was resolute and steadfast. He was a bishop who established monastic discipline in a pagan land. This apostle to the Irish baptized literally hundreds of thousands of persons. St. Patrick converted kings and princes and turned pagan princesses into virgin nuns. He converted the worshippers of idols and the sun and impure things into worshippers of the one true God in three divine persons. It has been reported that St. Patrick performed a thousand miracles, including raising nearly 40 people from the dead to life. St. Patrick once observed, quote, The Lord hath given to me the power of working miracles among a barbarous people. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I have raised from the dead bodies that have been buried many years. But I beseech you, let no one believe that for these or the like works I am to be at all equaled with the apostles or with any perfect man, since I am humble and a sinner and worthy only to be despised. Again, words taken from good St. Patrick. When St. Patrick came into an ancient town in Ireland, the saint prophesied how great that small village would someday become. The pagan king in that area of Ireland had just lost his son, the prince, to death. The king was filled with great sorrow over the death of his son, but his sorrow only increased when the dead body of his daughter, the princess, was found on the edge of a riverbed. She had drowned while attempting to bathe. The bodies of the king's Two children were laid out. Tombs were prepared for both according to their pagan customs. But at this most sorrowful time, the pagan king heard the rumor that a powerful wonder worker, namely Patrick of Armagh, who in the name of the unknown God 
had raised many that were dead, had arrived in that very village. The pagan king called for Patrick to come and visit his court. The king promised that he, his nobles, and the whole city would be baptized into the new faith if his two children were restored to life. St. Patrick, seeing the opportunity for a great increase in souls for Christ and the true church, raised them both to life. And by this miraculous resuscitation, this physical resuscitation of the prince and princess from death, the spiritual resurrection of the whole area from the darkness of paganism and idolatry was accomplished. Their society became elevated. Their culture was lifted up from the degrading depths of the devil and paganism had placed it. And the temporary resurrection of bodies of the prince and princess, for the two would eventually die, gave a promise of eternal life in heaven and of the resurrection of the body on Judgment Day. After raising this raising of this royal brother and sister, Catholic churches were built in thanksgiving to the one true God and three divine persons. And in thanksgiving to the great instrument of God's mighty work, namely St. Patrick, it is interesting that the name of the princess who was resurrected was Dublina, and that the present great city of Dublin, that's how it got its name. On another occasion, a band of men who hated St. Patrick tried to trick the Apostle of Ireland. An evil man named Macaldus and his companions had placed on their heads certain diabolical signs signifying their devotion to Satan. They plotted to mock St. Patrick. They covered up one of their companions with a black cloak as if he were dead. Though pretending to be a corpse, the man was actually in perfect health. He was placed on a couch as if laid out in preparation for burial. The men then sent for St. Patrick, asking him to raise the covered-up man from the dead. This was literally a fatal mistake. St. Patrick told them it was with deceit that had declared their companion dead. Disregarding their fake pleas for help, Patrick went on his way praying for the souls of those who would try to mock him. The other plotters then uncovered their friend and found that he was no longer faking his death, but that he was now actually dead. Sorrowful and truly repentant, the men chased after St. Patrick. They fell to their knees, begging forgiveness and help. The men then obtained pardon and were baptized by the Apostle of Ireland. At their plea for their deceased friend, St. Patrick also revived the dead man to life. The same once evil Macabus became not only a great penitent, but also a holy bishop known for his miracles too. He would also be canonized a saint of Holy Mother Church. Again, we see the power of the resurrection of Christ and the resurrection miracles of St. Patrick in lifting up a society out of the hands of Satan into the hands of Christ the King. In the spiritual life, one must begin, and this is essential, no directions, one must begin by determining up from down 
first step in the spiritual life, determining up from down. Heaven is literally upwards. It is above us, while hell is literally below us. In the supernatural heights above, the Holy Ones experience the beatific vision, a perfect happiness in seeing God face to face, while in the abyss below, the damned experience an eternal misery and despair, being in the very center of the earth. That central point in the universe, as St. Thomas teaches, which is furthest away from the heavenly heights. But having determined up from down, we must also realize that there are two movements present in creation, either a movement upward towards the heights or a movement downwards towards the depths. Since the physical resurrection of Christ and the glorious ascension of his sacred humanity to the highest heavenly throne above all creation, there has been an elevation, a lifting up of humanity. Though he is true God, we can also say that one of our own, a true man, was glorified with the resurrection, glorified human soul, human body, and glorified precious blood. That God-man now reigns over all creation, over all angels, men, creatures, all creatures. As the great theologian, St. Maximus of Turin teaches, quote, There is an upward movement in the whole of creation, each element raising itself to something higher. Unquote. Because of the resurrection and ascension of the Son of God and Son of Mary, a good thief ascends to paradise. Holy souls in the limbo of the fathers are lifted out of the abyss. Our Lord has taken the captives of the Old Testament in prison below and has captivated them with his divine love as they follow him to the heights of heaven. After Christ's holy death on Good Friday, the Bible records that men once buried in the ground and around around Jerusalem were now seen walking upright and witnessing to the coming resurrection of Christ. This upward motion caused by the physical resurrection and ascension of our dearest Lord, also elevates whatever person, family, society, or institution that it touches. True Christian culture is an elevated culture where every aspect of life is lifted up. The music is of higher quality, appealing to the higher faculties in man. The architecture soars upwards. The literature is pure and inspiring. The high dignity of man is acknowledged. Better legislation is written by lawmakers. Courts are more just. Schooling is aimed towards the soul and not just the body. Idol worship and the worship of dumb beasts immeasurably below man is replaced by the worship of the one true God and three divine persons. Having received the grace and benefits of Christ's passion, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension through holy baptism, believers, true Christians, Catholics, now seek to live a resurrected life. The old Adam and his rebellious behaviors are buried and a new Adam is risen within us. Base and degrading actions should find no place in our new, elevated 
life. And that's why we have Lent. Going through Lent to put the old Adam to death so that the new Adam may rise within us evermore. But with all that being said about this movement upwards, there's also another motion present in creation, namely a downward movement. Satan and his demons seek to drag down the human race. They did it through the Druids in Ireland. They employ, if you will, the demons, a gravitational force which keeps men earthbound. Modern science, which is really scientism and ideology, modern laws, modern arts, modern education, modern music, modern literature, modern entertainments, by and large, belittle mankind, treating us as if we were no more than upgraded beasts, just a bunch of molecules solely meant to enjoy earthly sensual pleasures. Why will we let ourselves or our children be entertained with the rubbish that the world offers? Our culture has truly become a cesspool a cesspool of moral filth that appeals only to the basest instincts in man. Human life is cheap. Human life is cheap having been downgraded to the level of a beast thanks to the ideology of evolutionism. Human dignity is forgotten or ignored, and we forget that our God, our Savior, and our brother in the flesh reigns in heaven and is king of all creation. Despite this downward movement, despite this downward movement, however, the message of Christ's bodily resurrection, and that's what Lent is aiming towards, preparing ourselves for the mysteries of Christ's passion, death, burial, and resurrection. The message of that bodily resurrection and the glorious ascension of Christ still has extraordinary appeal. Our Lord has risen from the dead. He is elevated on high. And he calls us to join him in a heavenly heights above with the angels. Modern culture, modern science, scientism, and modern ideologies have failed mankind, degrading us, demeaning us, making us inglorious as opposed to glorious. An upward movement is the answer to those who are in despair. To the downtrodden, the wretched, The thought of rising to new heights and reigning above, seated upon a throne, brings hope. Christ's bodily resurrection, his glorious ascension, proves that he is the only one sent by God, the final word, and that all that he has taught and all that his Catholic Church has taught must be true. He calls us to join him above, along with St. Patrick, along with St. Macaldus, along with St. Bridget, along with St. Columkill. He calls us above. So let us start to climb using the cross during this Lenten season as our ladder. God bless you. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.
the Fatima Center operates solely on donations. Please consider making a contribution to Our Lady's Apostolate, even a monthly tithe, trusting that God, who is never outdone in generosity, will reward you. To contact us, please call 1-800-263-8160 or visit our website, Fatima.org. We encourage you to share the light and truth of this monthly devotion with others. St. Patrick, Apostle of Ireland, pray for us. Oh,